Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and I am more than pleased to welcome back to the podcast this week, Colin Doyle. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to be back. Weather uh, played some dirty tricks on me last week. Uh, the fine town of Old Town was literally shut down for the most of the week, so I was unable to attend. My apologies so, to all the listeners. I have some questions about that, actually. So Thursday... And up until Thursday, I, like you couldn't actually get out of Owen Sound. Was that the Wednesday because night? Because I had heard while well, Jonesy was coming down, and we know there was, he didn't get in until Friday morning. Yeah, Wednesday night till Friday morning, everything shut down, in and out, all the highways in and out. It was bad. I left here Monday afternoon, and the storm kind of followed me home. And by Monday night, 11 o'clock, you know, you're shoveling every hour and a half, literally another foot and a half of snow. It was quite a bit, and it was windy and super cold. So, we just we shut her down. I, think. I, I can't believe how, like, two days ago it's like minus thirty, and then it's plus ten. You would have a hard time convincing me there's not something going on with our climate. A really hard time. This is <laughs> and it some people rain listening to this are probably like, yeah, okay, guys, yeah. you breaking news here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, from but what winters, I understand, the winters are insane now. Insane. Yeah. It poured because rain last even, night. Like, two hours, like. You're talking a couple hours away. Your roads are shut down. Down here, roads are, like, dry. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, the, the weather has played some, this this winter above all else, like, you, we had the rink going, an outstanding outdoor rink at, right beside my house. Yeah. And then, you know, it gets full of water. It's just tough to keep everything going. But, yeah, it is what it is. So I'm glad Jonesy was able to make it. The good people up there got the roads cleared, and good thing they did because Jonesy had quite a game Friday. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's one thing if I can't make a podcast, certainly another if Jonesy can't make a game. <laughs> I have been in that predicament before. I bet you he was sweating it a little bit. Uh, I, I remember sitting at home on a Thursday night thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure I'm going to get down there tomorrow. Yeah. I, I would imagine he was probably thinking the same thing. Well, it was just wild to think even, like, I just saw him walking down the stairs into the rink during shoot-around on Friday morning and all the guys. But, like, he just – it looked like he had come in from – just worse weather yeah like he had the jacket still on he's got his bag over one shoulder and just you know jonesy's got a big beard and everything going anyway so it looks like he you know literally just came out of the bush yeah <laughs> like, well, he lives not too far from me don't let him convince yeah. he lives in the bush <laughs> no that's not a fact but it was ugly and yeah, yeah. It, it can take its toll on you i mean my kids were were home from school like so they shut down the school boards like how rare is that literally yeah. just said no schools open it's one thing to have the buses shut down but literally of the last two weeks, 10 days of school, I believe buses have been shut down for seven and kids were told to stay away once. So there's two weeks for you. Wow. Mm-hmm. My kids can walk to school, so they go. Oh, okay. We're those parents. <laughs> Get out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, now, we did, uh, the last time we were together on the podcast, there was some homework that was thrown out. Uh, I did mine, which I briefly touched on last week on the podcast, which I know you listened to. But... Uh, you didn't do your I didn't. homework. Okay, I owe you one. I got a week here. I'm going to get yeah. it done. I promise. I wouldn't mind at some point, and I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll save this for later on in the podcast, or we can jump into it now. But the whole Firefest thing was, it was fascinating. And as as I was watching it, and I got into it, I realized, okay, I, I can remember hearing something about this, but not obviously to the level that the documentary uh, jumps into. But um, just what a commentary on the world right (laughs) see we're we're in a real funny uh, spot right now and if you don't slow down and have a look at things you you forget how insane reality really isn't reality anymore nobody even knows what reality is 
so that was a that was a, I thought you'd enjoy that a pretty clean like clear example of what is real and what isn't how do we ever know and and just to go back to like the influencer I guess era maybe even that we're in now right is that you know people's marketing is let's get a whole bunch of people that people follow because they're gonna follow them to us that's right all they have to do is you people should like this because yeah. I like it and and you know and blindly they away they go follow yeah it's it's not healthy but I, I don't want to go down this road I don't want to seem like an old-timer that's just bashing all of this but I found it fascinating it brought you know kind of the world we live in uh, a good cultural potentially awesome cultural event that yeah. obviously wasn't it brought all these things together and it made it relevant and uh, in an hour and a half it told a pretty good story so we all ought to be really concerned about where things are at in our world. Well, and almost the fact that by the end of it, I think they, at some point during the the program, they even made mention that the real Firefest was the promotional shoot they did. That's right. <laughs> like, that was actually Firefest. Yeah. And now here, there's a second <laughs> one coming out. That's the best of it all. I just caught wind of that maybe last week. I really? Heard it, yeah, I heard it on the radio that they're, they're, they've just announced the second Firefest. So now, oh. fool me once. Come on, people. Yeah, we got to be better than but that. Just in all the other stuff that that guy was into, and just like thought he was invincible, right? And marketing you know. genius, I suppose. With yeah, that, with, well, with everybody I, else's yeah. money, mind you, I guess we can do anything if we have unlimited money from other people. Yeah. truly. But yeah, it was good. So I owe you one. I I got some homework I got to do, and I, I trust me when I find some time, I will. All right. Well, let's dive into some lacrosse. And the best place to be uh, last week was Scotiabank Arena see the Toronto Rock take on the defending NLL champion Saskatchewan Rush, who after last week's game are in a little bit of trouble in terms of their record, maybe. Um, overall, I don't think they're in too much trouble, but we'll, we'll get into that um, a little bit later. But uh, what a win. I thought, uh, you know, the Rock obviously got off to a phenomenal start, scoring the first couple goals. And I think the biggest thing was maybe even that game was won in the first quarter where they survived the pushback from Saskatchewan, where they scored those three quick goals, and a couple of them were just unbelievable, where it was like, you, you what are you going to do? That pass for Matthews down the McIntosh the, where he would just kind of, I guess, cut back door there, and, yeah. and that quick stick, like, you know, Nick Rose, there's no way he stops that ball. The pass is perfect. The finish is perfect. Like, it, it – there was nothing there but then the team was able i think to bounce back and score some goals and take the game right back when saskatchewan i think really threatened to you know they could have gone on a much bigger run there in that first quarter but it was nice to see the response for what it's worth i had a feeling the whole game that the rock were in control it was a really weird feeling i'm sure did you feel the same thing absolutely like that it was that the game was never in danger they literally manhandled the defending champs and i felt like even when there was some push like you said uh they were able to either get a stop when they needed it or or bang two in quick when they needed it whatever they had to do they did it and i thought as the game went on it became more obvious not less um i look back at the georgia game and i tried to allude to the fact that you know georgia isn't any worse offensively but the rock put them in such bad spots because of how good they are defensively they did the exact same thing here matthews was not able to be matthews as i remember him in this game now it's only the regular season it's six games in or seven games in and you know he'll be better when it counts it's the way he always is but you can't tell me the rush weren't fired up for this game because they knew going in that a lot of the talk in this league was about the rock 
Yeah. And they knew that it was their chance to kind of level up the message and say, look, we're still here. And you can't just convince me that they just laid an egg because they just weren't that into it. I don't get that sense. They're a championship team. They knew something was on the line here. I believe they played hard. I just believe the Rock made them look ordinary. And that's that's happening quite often now. So I, I feel really good about this team right now, as everybody should. They're exciting to watch. The game was super exciting. They were up and down the floor. The de- defensively, they're so physical. Nick was great when he needed. We got goals from everywhere. What else do you want? Uh, power play was good. Everything was fantastic. In fact, in our segment today, the good, bad, and the ugly, I've got nothing but great. Uh, just an all-around amazing game and an, yet another message sent by every, uh, by this team to the league. So really, really impressed. Um, yeah, it was it was great. So a couple other things I want to touch on. Uh, let's talk about Dan Lintner. Um, you know, I think a couple of games ago we were – I think everybody was saying, okay, Dan's played well. He's done a lot of little things that help out. However, we need to get some production out of him. Yeah, now for all the people that... He's done just that the last couple games, and he made a couple of plays. The pass to Dan Craig from the corner across his body and finding him through a couple of sticks, too, to put it right in Dan Craig's stick on top. And Dan Craig to finish was awesome. But Littner's goal on the top of the crease where he scored, and he... Turned himself into a pretzel <laughs> to put it in the net. I that was. Do you remember that week we, we were having these conversations about Littner and Craig, and we had I think Jamie and Matt yep. Sawyer on, and the response from both of them was he's been doing some really good things for us. And, yeah, you know, that's a great comment. What he's doing now looks drastically different yeah. than where he was before. So don't sure. give me that anymore. Right. Look, he's grinding. He's doing the things we love yeah. because you know what? Those are all great things. And you cover up and you you protect him a little bit. But this is what Dan Littner is. Yeah. This is what he was supposed to be for this team. Absolutely dynamic player. Loose balls, set, doing the dirty work like he was yeah. when he wasn't scoring. But, man, he adds a different element to this offense when he's going like that. The lefties are finding him on the crease on the back door a little bit more often. Uh He's doing all the stuff he normally does, but he's putting the ball in the net, and it's a different Dan Littner, and I believe it's made a tremendous difference. And, and, and the same goes for Dan Craig. Not quite to the extent that Littner's turned his game around, but he's been really good. He has been a really valuable asset for them. So, uh, you know, you can't forget Kieran, who I think's put together a few really good games here as well. So, I mean, ultimately, I believe that a, a rounded-out offense is what's going to win in this league, and they've got they've got the best in the league right now. Everybody always wants to compare – Dan Lintner and Casey Behrens, and I know I think we've done a little bit of that here, but um, where do you level those two guys up against each other? Are they are they the same player, or is it just that you know Dan's a, a righty, a secondary scorer, so to speak, very similar to Casey? It just kind of is like you've almost put him into that same role as Casey maybe a little bit, but are they really the same player? I don't think this like, – it appears just from the eye test that Littner's got to work so much harder to get everything yeah. because of his his stature. Uh, Casey was actually a pretty, pretty fluid player. I think Casey mm-hmm. just kind of understood his role when he came into this league. But, man, if you put Casey on the top of the power play at any time, he could, he could rip rope with an underhand, low to high. Like, he had really smooth game about him. Littner, I find, kind of more choppy and rough and rugged. And yeah. uh, the game – appeared to come a little easier to Casey than it does to to Danny. I think it's more of, yeah, they've kind of just morphed into that second, third option on the right side for, yeah. for good rock teams. So uh, I would I would probably end the comparison there. Now that, you know, Dan Lintner's f- 
far more agile and quick and could probably take his man one-on-one a lot more than Casey really would be comfortable doing so. So I, I don't see a ton of resemblance, but ultimately if we can look back at the end of the year and say both guys won a championship filling that role, I think we're all happy. So that, that would yeah. be my, my take on that. Another one I wanted to throw at you here was uh, Jay Thornbert and Brad Creed. Brad Creed handled most of the face-offs. A lot of the talk was Thornbert comes in here this year, takes some of that physical burden away from Cree. Are you seeing now through uh, seven games here that there's truly been a payoff? Because, I mean, Brad Cree has been, uh, you know, an absolute warrior out there. What a different player. Yeah, I mean, this is – you know, he doesn't get much talk from us on this. His name just hasn't come up a ton, but he's been one of the most impressive players on this team. And, uh, you know, chipping in on the transition a little bit, but defensively just pass? unbelievable. Like, where did that come from? Part yeah. of me says, and I've watched Brad forever. Since we know. Said, Brad's well, one of your guys. Yeah, where's he yeah. from? Yeah, <laughs> he's I know. From okay, Hills, yes. yeah, we get it. Acton specifically, but. You know what? I'm not going to say anything good about him then. I'm this conversation is over. Like, that pass, like, I. I was, it was awesome. It was he just has awesome been to awesome. see. It, His work to, like, kind of that half swim he did over Corbeil on the way there and then to get, you know, hammered and still make the play was uh, – I think I liked it even better. That play was great, but the best play I liked of the game was – when we had them so flustered that Jeremy Thompson was his was in his face and and Cree rather than just walking away just stood stood tall and said yeah, yeah. this is what we are let's yeah. have more of it and it was so intimidating I loved it and I I can't stand when that stuff you know when frustration leads on the other end and they get in your face they play pretend tough guy yeah. you know just watching Cree stand there just sent such a clear message man I he's been so good. Um, and I think ultimately some of this falls back on him not having to take faceoffs, but I think he mm-hmm. might be in a little bit better shape. Uh, you know, he's another year into this league, and he probably feels a little bit more comfortable, not unlike Littner, kind of having that role awarded to him and not having to worry about it. I think kind of over the last two years, Crease kind of fell into that as well, where, look, you're one of our guys. Let's see what you can do. And he's responded so well. I, I, I really admire how he's played and – He's kind of been a quiet, a quiet piece of this, but uh, anybody who's watching closely knows how important he's been. Next guy on my list to go down here, Challen Rogers. He's been putting the ball in the net lately, and for me, anyways, I feel like he's been playing with a bit more confidence as well as he's been taking the ball up the floor. Um, your thoughts on his game here, especially over the last couple of weeks? This is kind of what people are used to. I don't think anybody here is shocked anymore. His game has been fantastic. He's a well-rounded lacrosse player. He's taken to this role as the captain of this team very well. And the team's 6-1, and one, and he's the leader of the ship. So I have zero complaints with his game. I think he's been incredibly awesome. Um, I say, and we've talked about, we talked to this about the, with the defensive players on the podcast, they've been given the green light to let the ball go. And you know what? Sometimes it's not going to go in. But it, that does not phase them. They just go back and get another stop and go down and do it again. So, you know, he's not going to score every time he shoots the ball, but he's been creating opportunities. He plays a ton. He's a beast, man. And uh, I think defensively is what has gone the least noticed. He's a good shutdown guy, and he's big, and he's physical, and he makes it tough on other players, man. And we got a lot of them. So, yep, challenge has been great. Put that – you know what? At 6-1 – and one, They've all been great. And I think the turnover, aside from having Tullet in for one game for Brocky, like the, the lineup's been consistent. Uh, we haven't had to test our depth. We've had, had no injuries, knock on wood. So 
everything's going great. They get a little break here this week, and I think everybody can sit back and say we're in a pretty good spot. And, and ultimately, you could look back at the Georgia game and say, man, geez, we could be sitting here seven and zero going into our first week off. Yeah. So you know, but then again, you look at the you look at the Philly game and you say, well, we could easily you know yeah. be six and two or five and two. So um, yeah, th- through the whole lineup, uh, you know, and Thornbert hasn't crushed people on faceoffs. Like no. I think he's maybe only fifty percent in or around there, but you know. He's winning some of them, yeah. And and again, it just takes the onus off the rest of the guys, or especially off Brad. And I think Jay's done an admirable job, admirable job in there. And you know, quietly when he's needed on, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, he goes in and does his job. So yeah. I think he's been a really good addition. And I think we'll, you know, that piece will just keep getting more important as this year goes on. Now after the game, you uh, you tweeted, what did what was it? Something about this team is put the nll on notice yeah, something, something like effect. that you got to remember i'm a few beers in usually by the end of these games <laughs> i i was more so gonna say uh are there certain characteristics about this team that like why is it that you believe they're for real kind of thing beyond their record of six and one because i think we i talked a little bit about this last week on the podcast but uh just about the team being four and two after six games last year and kind of having run off those four in a row and it's just the team has won games very differently this year. I th- Would you agree? You I, know? I think the way they beat Saskatchewan, yeah. the way they beat Georgia, to me as a lacrosse fan, just kind of opened my eyes and say, okay, these guys are for, they are for real. This is no fluke. They're 6-1. and one. They're not a cheap 6-1. and one. They've had Georgia twice, Saskatchewan once, Buffalo once. Bandits were down Smith, I think, that game. So maybe a different animal coming next time they see them. I think those are going to be very good games. But – this is a hard-earned six and one against some decent teams, and the way they're making it look easy, I just the way they keep coming at you, mm-hmm. and that's when when I'm watching the game, the flow of the game, it just seems like oh here they come again, here they come again, and then offensively when this team has the ball, they are literally unguardable. You know this this daunted rush defense for so many years has been depleted, no doubt about it. Uh, probably teaching some guys the system that aren't quite there yet. But the bottom line is, if that slides a half a step low, the Rocker putting the ball in the back of the net. They cannot guard one-on-one against some of our playmakers. It made them look super ordinary, and it made their goaltender look super ordinary. And the way they did it with them, the way they did it with Georgia, um, I just said, man, these guys are for real. So I, I think the NLL is taking note, and it'd be crazy not to because this team has it all. Defense, goaltending, transition, and their offense is super dynamic. Well, and I even heard uh – head coach Matt Sawyer talk a little bit about um, I guess the Saskatchewan defense and how sometimes he thinks in a possession the longer you give them almost to get comfortable the better they are and to play a little bit faster against a team like that not turn down a great shot five or ten seconds into a possession um, do you see that play out at all you know would you yeah. agree with that kind of a, a, that assessment I think it's always been the case more so as if you if you always are so afraid of them trapping you get putting you in bad positions you play on your heels and that's been the strength of their defense for so many years they really tried to dictate what you're able to do but the problem is is you know they force somebody underneath and Robbie Hellyer boom he's gone Mm -hmm. and there is no help underneath he's free to get across and and like I said even if the slide does come on time our guys are good enough now to skip the ball the other side there was three or four times we burned them on a weak side off a slide we burned them one-on-one we burned them on the power play we burned them in a pick and roll game off ball on ball they were a step behind us, and it felt like even when we didn't score, goalie made a save, we get the ball back, and we go at him right again. 
and their possessions, watching their possessions against RD, it was choppy and cluttered and not fluid and not used to what we're seeing from that offense. And their offense hasn't been touched up a ton from depletion of drafts and so to speak. Yeah. This was just our defense doing it again. Big, strong, fast, and physical, putting players in tough spots straight up. And I think, you know, watching that to the dynamic offense from Georgia and the one from Saskatchewan, I said, these guys are doing something right. This team hasn't got that bad offensively. It's just we're doing something really right. And I, and I think they threw in two shorthanded late in the game. Ultimately, we could have held them to 10. Yeah. We really, you know, but uh, a couple of cheap ones at the end. So uh, it was just a dominating effort, and I think the NLL should be unnoticed because this team is for real. Not that it matters a ton. Okay. We'll get to this later, I guess. But not that it matters a ton with, with a new playoff format where you absolutely are given zero upside to winning your division. you got to play in a 1-4 game. You get to play it at home and you get the fourth yeah. seed, but – you know, you're one bad night away from being out of this thing again. So a little disappointed with that. Um, we had touched on that, I think, last week here, whenever I was yeah. here last, adding the fourth team. I, and I don't like that, but it's all good. Put yourself in good position and good things happen. So yeah. they'll keep heading that way. It'll be nice to get a week off and recover. But, yeah, they've, they've been the class of this league. No questions asked. Boom. All right. Okay, we'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. Uh, regroup a bit, and we'll be back with more in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle uh, bringing things home for you. We're going to reintroduce a segment that we used to do on the uh, pod in previous years called Buying and Selling. So I'm going to throw something out there, and Colin's either going to buy it, in other words, he's in agreement with it, or he's going to sell it. He is not in agreement with it, with it, and he's going to tell us why. So we're going to start off with our Buying and Selling segment. Uh, Buffalo is the second best team in the East Division. I'm selling. Buffalo's good, been a little inconsistent, but I have liked what I saw when they're on point. But I'm going to keep Georgia there. I've been impressed with Georgia as well. A couple of big wins this past weekend put themselves back in the conversation, so I am selling. Uh, that, that might change here week to week. Like I said, I'm looking forward to watching Buffalo and Georgia play. I'm looking forward to watching Buffalo and Toronto play. I think uh, – a lot will be dictated by those games, but I'm super excited. I think they're going to be outstanding across games. But right now, I got Toronto, Georgia, Buffalo. And you mentioned before we got going at this, Georgia and Buffalo play each other in the next couple of weeks. I believe yeah? they play this weekend on Saturday night, if I looked at the schedule properly. I will be tuned into that one. So you, should Buffalo win, you may be looking to make a purchase then instead of selling this one. Depends how they win. Okay. It's not going to go that easy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Calgary. Cannot be successful this year without both Berg and Dixon in the lineup. I'm going to sell that. Selling too. I don't believe it because ultimately they're in the Western Division and, you know, they're going to get in. Uh, They might be in already. And I do think they'll get better, and I think they can win a playoff game with what they've got. Uh, They're still sorting that offense out. They didn't prove anything to me this weekend by hanging eight on Vancouver. 
Uh, so those problems aren't solved, but they're in the Western Division, and it wouldn't surprise me if they still finish second, host a game, and they certainly can do some damage out there without one of them. Um, they'll be a lot better off with both, I think, or getting something in return for one of them. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't think they're better than the Rush right now. And I think San Diego is probably as good as them, but there's a lot of time left. We'll see where it all ends up. But right now, I do think they can do some damage without them. So I'll, uh, I'll sell. Lyle Thompson currently leads the NLL with 27 goals. And then there's a big gap. There are six players tied with 18, including the Rock's own Adam Jones and Thomas Hogarth of Buffalo. Wow. Um, so the buying or selling here is... Someone not named Lyle Thompson will lead the NLL in goals. So kind of are you taking Lyle or are you taking the field kind of thing. So buying or selling that someone not named Lyle Thompson will lead the NLL in goals. I got a I, – I, you got me confused. I think I'm selling it. Lyle Thompson is going to win. Right, gonna, okay. Going to yep. lead this league in goals. So you're right? He's again. three or four a night. I just can't see that changing. Uh, but um, Austin Stats might score a pile. So we'll see. I think he's won because, again, I think that softer schedule out west, he, he'll be free to score a pile. Um, but I'm going to go with Lyle Thompson. So, yeah, I'm going to sell that. And I think, right, sell? Is that yeah. what I decided? Yeah, yeah I'll sell it. Because you go got with- uh, Randy and Austin Stats at 18, Dane Doby, Adam Jones, Ben McIntosh, and Thomas Hogarth all at 18. Hellier and Corey Small, 17. I don't think you'll see Jones, Schreiber, or Hellier score 50 because I think they'll all score 40 kind of thing. I just yep. think that's uh, – Jones Jones will probably score the most out of all those guys if we can keep it up. He was great, by the way. We didn't discuss him on Friday. He was really good. Um, I think uh, the same goes for stats in Georgia. I think that he'll he'll continue to put up monster numbers, but he won't score as often as Lyle. And, you know, I, Mark, Mark Matthews, ben, ben McIntosh might be the guy. Let's circle him. That'll be my – him and Austin Stats are the two guys I'll keep an eye on to okay. catch Lyle. I, I want to throw – you know what? This is going to be a buying or selling that we're not going to – you're not going to answer this today. I'm going to save this till after the next Rock game. Okay. But throw it out there to start thinking about it, just depending on how things go. But it's one we threw out last year multiple times and – it was bought, it was sold, it was bought, it was sold, and then Tom Schreiber got hurt and it had to be sold. But, And this goes back to your playing days here in 2005 when there was three guys with 100 points. So that's the one to keep on the radar, whether or not this will happen this year. Because should all three guys stay healthy, I think there is a legitimate chance that it could happen. Jonesy, I think, will be the one... Um, It'll be tight, maybe whether or not he gets to 100 points. But I think Hellier and Schreiber should they both stay healthy? I would think should, 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 well, should, that's this, should. That's, that's I'm not answering. It. Yeah, yeah. No. So you can't. You can ask me that so next no, week. No uh, answer. All right. So um, let's shift our attention now to just discuss a little bit about the West and and San Diego and this uh, Seals team that's going to come to Toronto in a couple of weeks' time or a little under two weeks now. But uh, they're off, obviously off to a great start. Probably better than expected that they've put these wins. Maybe not. Not by my standards, really? no. Really? Okay. No, I don't think so. I think they're right where I thought they'd be. Uh, yeah, they made some moves. Like I said, they're no, 
They're no rookie laden. They don't look anything like Philadelphia. We already had this discussion. Yeah. They they paid to bring in some some pretty good veterans. And those veterans may only have a year or two left in them, but those year or two are going to be decent and they'll be ahead of the curve for the first year or two. Now, but you when, say you say they're kind of what you expected, but maybe I guess maybe is the I expect underachievement them to be, is the rest of the division. Maybe the fact they're in first place right now. I, I, I don't, don't think. Sorry, yeah, I expected the rush to be in first place. Right. Yeah, and maybe Calgary to be ahead of them. But I I expected them to win some games. I don't think they look anything like an expansion team. They did a really good job. That goaltender that they that they picked up, I think, has made a significant difference. He's been good. Not great, but good. Yeah. And like I said, I think their defense will get better every game the more they play. Um, and offensively, you know, they they there's a little bit of risk in a few of their pickups, but they've all panned out pretty good for now. And Austin's stats has been as good as advertised. And then, of course, Garrett's come on strong. They're getting something out of Dan Dawson. Um, you know, they've got Buchanan. Guys can These guys can play. I mean, and again – you know, they're in a position where they can beat some of these teams in the West. I'm not sold on Colorado. I'm not sold on Vancouver. And I'm not completely sold on Calgary. So if you're just going to make it a 50-50 game, uh, and you know what, I think their roster looks every bit as good as their opponents, then, yeah, they're going to win games. And, uh, you know, I don't see that when I look at Philly. Their roster doesn't look as good as the teams they're playing against. So uh, they're playing hard and they're, they're getting better. But – you know, ultimately, Calgary's got a goalie that's keeping them in it. And like I said, I think they're going to win some games. They're going to make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish second or third in that division. So, no, I'm not overly shocked. Uh, we'll see what they're all about when they come to Toronto, when they play the big dogs here. Uh, they gave the Rush a decent game, but at the end of the day, the Rush kind of pulled away from them, Yeah, uh, which is what you'd expect. But they hung in there a little bit. So, I really don't know. Um, you know they're getting coached, and you know the coaches are going to have one hell of a chip on their shoulder um, coming into this one. A lot of ex-rock <laughs> guys there. Do you um, think they'll be focused and fired up? For I, this I one? do think they'll be ready, and you know I don't. Want, I wouldn't want to be around if they don't get this one. So there's a lot of good storylines here. I think from from everybody's perspective. I think you know Brody leaving, and uh, I think that that shocked some people and disappointed some people so I think you know I think even the guys in the rock room will be a little bit maybe a little bit more focused for this one so um yeah they're kind of where I thought they'd be to be honest with you well I want to go back you touched on Frankie Shiliano there a little bit uh you know he's really kind of an interesting one to track a little bit here because you know he maybe got thrust into the role a little bit Poulin leaves as a free agent suddenly Shiliano's a starter in Calgary still relatively young um, and then Del Bianco comes on the scene after Shiliano maybe isn't quite ready to ready for prime time. He started to kind of um, regress, I guess, a little bit in his play. And then now he's in this new situation almost where there probably isn't a ton of pressure really going at you're an expansion team, you're starting. You know, maybe the, maybe this is the perfect situation. Maybe now just the time is right for him in his career and just in terms of his – you know, maturing and his professional development. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's played in two-man cups, if I'm not mistaken. He's seen a lot of rubber over the last few years. And, yeah, the NLL experience for him didn't get off to a great start. But he, he's a big body. He's got some experience. And if you put a defense in front of him that, like most of the teams do, try to guide the shots where you want them from, then you know what? He's going to stop some balls. So there's going to be nights where he doesn't and those nights are going to be hard for the seals but 
you know, more often than not, he'll keep them in some games. So, and I and I and I always talk about just building the defense around him. You know, like they'll figure out what he what he's capable and what he's not, uh, and they'll build a defense that supports that because there's smart people behind that bench. So, I think it was a really quietly a really good pickup for them, and I think it served them well. And then of course, like I said, they've got some weapons. They can score. I think defensively they've got some holes there, but with hard work and you know, an effort and all those things that those coaches will preach. I think they'll make a lot of that up. So do I expect them to come in here and beat the Rock? I don't. But, you know, I, I believe they're going to be ready to push. And uh, they've got Vancouver, I think, this week. That could be another another win for them, quite frankly. And just uh, last couple of thoughts here on San Diego here before we move on a little bit. Or Actually, you know what, let's let's jump. You already talked about Colorado a little and, and just maybe even how San Diego's success here has – turn this division on its ear a little bit Colorado has obviously struggled I think we probably thought Vancouver was going to be the team to probably be battling for that last spot trying to kind of get out of the basement but now it's Colorado um you know if you're the mammoth how do you how do you fix what's going on there because you you still have arguably the best goalie in the league you can't make that argument right now that's the problem. no okay and right. I think honestly I think that's it right there I mean last year he was so unbelievable he may have masked a lot of the issues they may have had. And if you've watched closely this year, I mean, defensively, they're not great. Offensively, they really struggle to to create opportunities. I said this a few weeks ago. They don't have a really good playmaker. You know, we're blessed with three. They've got none. And I, I just think with, with Ward being average, and the best game he played all year was certainly against the Rock. Yeah. You know, with him being average, and he has been average, they, they, don't, they don't jump off the page to anybody. And again – it really doesn't matter. All they have to do is beat out Vancouver or whoever's in the bottom. And if you get into a playoff scenario, that's not a team you really want to see because they have Dylan Ward. And yeah. if he's going to go ahead and stop 57 shots, you may be on the wrong end of it. So, you know, I'm not going to write them off, but there isn't – like it's not a team that I love. They've got a lot of really good secondary pieces, really good offensive secondary pieces that I'd love to have. And then defensively they got some hard workers and they've got some good guys – but they don't have big shutdown defenders. So I think they are what they are with Dylan Ward playing average, and I think that's what you're seeing it's straight up. Well, and wild to think, you know, just pulling up some of the stats here, but, you know, Dylan Ward is presently in an 11-team league as the 11th best save percentage. There you go. Enough said. That's it right there. So yeah. they're going to want to go to the drawing board and fix everything, but the fact of the matter is I believe they've lost three one-goal games. And, uh, you know, obviously take the Rock one out of there because he was spectacular. But you need some goaltending, and they haven't got it. And I think that's why they look so average right now or below average. You know, with him playing great, they're average. And they can be in that conversation just like – I mean, look at Calgary's no different. Bel, Del Bianco has a game. They're in the game. If he doesn't, they're – like, they don't. They're not in it. Uh, I didn't think the goaltending from Saskatchewan was great here this week. Um, you know what I mean? And – when Rochester's goalie has a night off to get the doors blown off and when Buffalo's goalie has a night off to get the doors blown off and it's not just the goalie it, it speaks to the defense when the defense has an off night and your goalie isn't going to steal you the game it puts you in a tough predicament so we haven't had one of those here yet it's bound to happen where the D's off and Rosie's not willing to bail them out but it hasn't happened here yet and I think that's why we're at the top of the league we haven't had that inconsistent night yet so we're going into a bye week here with the Toronto Rock um you know, looking back on your career and when bye weeks would come up, like 
what are most of the guys focusing on here on a bye week? What is it just getting healthy? Is it preparing for the next game? What are you what are you doing on a bye week as an NLL player? Not lacrosse. Yeah. That's yeah. It's nice to settle in on a Saturday night, maybe watch it, but really just get away. If you got a family, spend some time with your family, hang out, enjoy not having to travel, get to an airport, not have to get down to the rink. Um, if you don't have a family, get out, have some fun. Um, do the things you can't normally when you're when you're tied down with everything else. Uh, so this Tuesday, I imagine this Tuesday at practice, that they'll just be a good run. Keep everybody light and have a good hour and a half out there. Uh, kind of speak to what's made you successful. And then they'll get the weekend off to do what they need to do to, to recharge. But you got to get your rest and you got to be hungry again when this thing turns around. Uh, next Tuesday, right back into systems and preparing for San Diego. So it goes by so quick. Um, there's not many of them. Enjoy it. Put your feet up. Relax. Do whatever you got to do. So what's the real narrative then coming out of the bye week, right? Because it's, you know, if you don't perform well, you were rusty, right? If you do perform well or even better than you have been, it's, well, that bye week did them a lot of good. They yeah. got rested. Everybody's, you know, the bumps and bruises are gone. Wow, they, that rest really did them good. What? Yeah, nobody's going to speak to that narrative. There is only <laughs> one narrative here. And if they go lay an egg, yeah. you know, if you so choose, people will just look back at the bye week and say, well, they didn't come out of that very well. It didn't serve them well. Yeah. Narratives are just, they're complete, you know, BS if you ask yeah. me. Yeah, well, just, that's kind of what I was getting you, to is that it. it you're absolutely right. <laughs> the narrative is. Well, if they play well, they should go in there and, and yeah. have a great game and put one on San Diego. And if they don't, there's a litany of reasons it happened, the least of which is the week off. So I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with anything. The Americans don't have to come in for the week, gives them a week at home. You know, that that goes a long way. It has more bearing if you're if you're looking at a team like San Diego, that then bye weeks have bearing because you've got a lot of guys flying a long way, a lot. And I think the one thing to watch with San Diego as this year goes on is do they continue to get better? Because, you know, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, that is one narrative that I believe in. That's a long flight. And if you're on that every weekend or every other weekend, it will add up, especially on some of the older guys. Um, you know, that wears on you. It's a long season. So one thing to keep an eye of, and that, that is a narrative I do buy. Um, but for The Rock, just take a week off, enjoy it, rest up, do whatever, work out. Be ready next Tuesday to focus on the seals. Who'll be, you know, who'll be coming in? You know, could be sitting at the top of the West. This could be a real good, uh, good storyline for you here, Mike. I know. I, I a couple of weeks ago, I uh, I did have the opportunity, a short conversation with Garrett Billings, and just to say, wow, you know, in a couple of weeks, this this could be the top two teams in the league, record wise, playing each other, and in the middle of February, like. Who'd have thunk it? I, absolutely. And, you know, you don't want to just right away, I think everybody just races to the Vegas Golden Knights comparison, right? That it really is possible. You're an expansion team. You you make the right plays here. You plug in the right pieces to the puzzle, and boom, you can compete right away. And it's – it's They're competing. It is eerily, you know. For them – Like you say, you've got, a, you've got a goaltender here who's come into their own a little bit so far in the early season, early part of the season. And then you've got some guys – even like Dan Dawson's a great one to talk about here. Here's a guy that his organi – the organization he's been with, you know, and a key part of in Rochester for a number of years, basically – you don't want to say gives him away to Saskatchewan, but in some respects gave him somewhere to go hopefully and maybe have some success and then – 
doesn't really play a ton there either and then isn't re-signed and goes to San Diego and seems to have rediscovered a little bit of things and is fitting in nicely there. And is that maybe more because, you I th- know, I think he goes a, back a depth situation there where it's like, okay, we need a guy. Here he is. He plugs in. There isn't really much for him to beat out, so to speak. I think the opposite. I think they plug him in there and they say, all right, Dan, you go back to being the man if you want. Yeah, because you know all his time in Rochester and all his time, well, the small time he had in Saskatchewan was just basically like there. They tried to plug him in as a deaf right. guy, and I don't think that worked. Now he's you know he's the type of guy that'll do that and help a team win regardless. But you know, really, I just see the opposite with San Diego. It's like Dan, you could come back here and be the man if you got anything yeah. left in the tank. Here's your chance to do it because really that right side, you know. Same with Billings. They probably had the exact same conversation. Yeah. Garrett, if you want to come back. Well, even Turner Evans, you sit you sit there and you think where what he was playing behind here in Toronto yeah. where he was never really able to maybe find that perfect spot for him here, and then now it's... Right. So I, I just think that those guys, they're giving... Like, Garrett's back shooting the ball a ton. Back, you know, there's there's no holding back because what's there's what's the point? that. They have yet to create what they are. Yeah. It's not like he's going to Saskatchewan. Well, this is what we do here. See if you can slide yourself in. Right. It's well, the canvas is clear. You guys go go do what you want to do. We got to win games. So, yeah. however that looks, I really don't care. And I'm sure as they do find themselves as the year goes on, you know they'll discover what it is that makes them click. You know the nuances of the offense. But but really. If you got Garrett Billing shooting the ball twelve times and scoring three goals, you'll take those three goals. <laughs> and then if you got Dawson, you know, doing the same, you'll take those yeah. three. And you just kind of piece it all together. And I think no pressure on them is certainly one thing, but I think their ability to come back and kind of play the way they know how. Yeah, Dan's a you know a marquee guy. He's been a marquee yeah. guy for years. I mean, I've been in those shoes. You try to come back and just be a depth guy, like. Well, I'll do my best because I want to win, but I don't really know what that means. Yeah. And Garrett Billings does not know what that means, nor should he. No. You know, and, and I think Dan did a novel job trying, and I think in Rochester um, he was a little bit more important, and then as things drew, drew on, he kind of became less important there to them. Yeah. And then in Saskatchewan, obviously, they've got what they've got going, and, you know, he did what he did. But here it's like, all right, back up top of the power play, uh, you know, have at it. Well, that's why, like, it's been wild to see Dawson and Billings even just how they've coexisted, I think, and had success, but also just, like you say, to watch them kind of just go back to being who they were. And, you know, especially having, you know, it it seems like every week, you know, Billings seems to do something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw him do that in Toronto. Right. Oh, yeah, I saw him do that in Toronto when he was at his best. And, And same thing with Dawson, and just the way he when he's handling the ball and when he's the guy carrying it over there, how he just controls things. That's right. You know, and just makes things happen again with his size and and his reach and all those things that made him so good all the time. Right. And I mean, I think I can look at that one goal. I think he's, I can't remember who they were playing where he he had, I want to say it was a four on three power play maybe. And he just crept in and he just threw this one fake and just turned everybody the wrong way and then just turned and buried it. And I was like, you know, we're almost like, where has that been the last couple of years, right? But then you probably to what you're talking about is maybe just hasn't been in that situation right. the last couple of years. So that's why I'm not overly shocked. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, it's not like those guys. Garrett's more of a surprise, I think, than anybody because, well, you weren't really sure. He's had some injury trouble, yeah. and he's had a comeback or maybe even two where things haven't gone well. I don't think the Vancouver situation was really good for him. Uh, 
and and no excuse for that, but I just think, you know, here you are, it's another chance. And it's, Now, this can all turn south in a real hurry. This team could lose four games straight, and it would, that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah. Um, but I think they're built to win now, and that's not usually the case with expansion teams. I think there's been a lot invested in some guys that are a little bit past their prime. And, you know, if they'll, right now it's going well, and it could yeah. easily turn. And so, I, I, you know, with that said, I think this shouldn't shock anybody. I think they'll push for – for a playoff game, for a playoff spot, if not a playoff game. So time will tell. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and if they get this next win against Vancouver, like that's – Yeah, they're coming in at five five two. wins and – Like Vancouver hasn't won – like it's been a while since they've won five games. I mean, yeah. I was on, and not to take a shot at them, but really they, they haven't won five games here, you know. They didn't last year. It was a horrible year last year. I don't remember if it was the year before they made the playoffs and then the year before they didn't. I can't quite remember. But it's been a while since you can remember yeah. saying, well, you know, Vancouver's right in the mix with seven or eight wins, which is, you know, like San Diego could end up with eight to ten. Yeah. So, you know, look at their offensive roster compared to the Seals. Really, I think, you know, the Seals are better. Yeah. So some of that's because of a draft of one sort or the other. And some mm-hmm. of that's because they spent some money and they got some guys in there and they took yeah. some chances. So kudos to everybody there. It's working for them now. Like I said, it wouldn't shock me at all if it turned around, but right now they're, they're rolling and I fully expect them to go in and win this week in Vancouver and come in atop the West. And like I said, the storylines will write themselves with all the X rock players over there. And, you know, with, um, with the two top teams going at it, just like it yeah. did last week with Saskatchewan. So I'm excited. I think it should be a decent game and just another chance for the Rock to send a message. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll about wrap things up then for today. Um, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. And also, Doily, thanks a lot for the comeback episode. Yeah. It was, like I said, good to be back. Nice and sunny out there. I'll get home nice and safe beautiful uh so don't forget the toronto rock will be back at home on friday february the 15th pride night as uh the rock hosts the san diego seals 7 30 game time tickets still available the pride pack is still on sale as well uh it's a great deal you get a toque and there's also a donation that goes back to the 519 and just lots of lots of great stuff going on and anybody who was at that game a couple of weeks ago uh, or i guess now just sorry a few days ago uh against saskatchewan and then a few weeks ago against uh, georgia knows that this team uh is for real you've seen it firsthand so make sure you pass that on to friends and family and get them all down to Scotiabank arena on friday february the 15th any questions about tickets of course always go to torontorock.com or give us a call here at the office 416-596-3075 and someone will take care of you and you may even run into colin doyle while you're here if you stop by the track and pick up some tickets in person and colin will always be willing to take a few minutes and chat with you usually am as long as i'm in a good mood right mike yes is today today one of those days you're looking forward to I'm in Maybe. a good mood today. Okay, yeah. That's and good. yeah, and, and right. he, let's get some fans out to these games. We got the top <laughs> yeah. team in the East. Let's get behind these guys again. This is going to be a special year. Actually, before we go too far, I uh, know, you know what? Let's leave that for the next week. I was going to ask you about what you got going on personally at the February the 15th game with the stuff you're bringing in, but let's save that for, for the next epi. Little cliffhanger there. Leave them wanting more, eh? <laughs> Enjoy the week off. Uh, rock fans, watch some other lacrosse. Yeah. Give, me, give us your thoughts. Shoot Mike a question. Yeah. Or, yeah, tweet us at Toronto Rock Lax. We'll be willing to take your questions. Lacrosse or not, doesn't matter. Oh. I like going off the map a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
Look forward to hearing from everybody. Have a uh, great week. All right. That's it. That's all. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock. Total access is over and done with. For Colin Doyle, I'm Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week. Thank you.